This is Brain Diet, episode 179, what to focus on for weight loss and what doesn't need your attention. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm really delighted to be able to record right now because both of my children are not home. (laughs) And if, if any of you have listened to the podcast for any amount of time, it is likely that you will have heard my children in the background at some point. And I love them. And they're so good at playing with one another. But I learned long ago with this podcast that me attempting to say, please be quiet while I'm doing this just doesn't really work. And so I'm like, you know what, we're just going to roll with this. And my podcast is going to include my children who I love so dearly are in the background, but they are at art camp right now. And so I feel a little bit more relaxed being able to sit here and record this. So hopefully that will reflect in how I share the content. Maybe it'll be even better, or maybe it is better with having the kids in the background. I don't know. But regardless, physically, I'm a little more relaxed. You know what I mean? I just get to sit here. I don't have to worry about dealing with any of that. So it's going to be quiet, I hope, right? As we begin this episode, I want to share with you something that I've got coming up that I'm really, really looking forward to. I'm going to be teaching a class in September, and it's going to be about self-care with an autoimmune condition. In this class, I'm going to talk about some of the physical actions that are helpful for overall well-being, some of these actions that are especially helpful with uh, chronic illness and autoimmune conditions. And I'm also going to be sharing a lot of the ways to identify where you are lacking in your own self-care that you might not have been aware of. And by the end of the class, you will come away with a very clear plan for how to better take charge over your health and over caring for your body as it is going through a lot of different things, as can often be the case with autoimmune conditions. This class, I've got a lot of new material that I am excited to share, a lot of new things that I've been working on. And so this is just a free masterclass. If you want to register for it, I am going to put the link in the show notes to register for this class that will be in September. And if you're not able to make the class, you will be sent the replay. So I'm going to highly recommend signing up for this. The content's going to be bomb. I'm really stoked on it. And hopefully it will be helpful to you or someone you love. Share it with someone that you feel like might benefit from this type of content. So with that, let's get into what we are talking about today, which is what to focus on for weight loss and what doesn't need your attention. I am deep in the space of fitness and nutrition online. And unfortunately, I see so much more information presented that is not as necessary or useful to be paying attention to in regard to health and weight loss and yet it's what's getting the most engagement. And oftentimes this is because of the emotional aspect in which it's presented, where there is a lot of maybe fear or morality associated with these things, paying attention to these things. And so people tend to engage more with that versus just some of the boring staples that 
are really what make the difference. And so I wanted to do an episode today creating some delineation between the things that are really important for weight loss and for fat loss and the things that really don't require any of your attention and might be taking some of your attention but aren't giving you the return that you are likely looking for. So the first thing that I have to focus on and then what doesn't need your attention, the first is going to be getting adequate protein. This is something that I am very passionate about when it comes to overall health. And the reason for this is generally speaking, at least in America, most people are under consuming protein. And when we do this, we miss out not just on the benefits, but on a lot of the basic processes that we need protein for. If we aren't getting enough, there are things in our body that aren't happening properly. And so when we can get adequate protein, one of the things that this does is maintain muscle mass that we have on our body. Now, muscle mass on a body, increased amounts of it has been shown to be beneficial for overall quality of life and longevity. And so retaining what we do have if we are in a fat loss phase is really important because muscle isn't something that we want to be losing. We want to maintain it. And so getting just the adequate amount of protein is really important in order to help you create the body composition shift that you want, but also to create the quality of life that you want. And so generally the recommendation that I will give is about 0.7 grams per pound of body weight. Now, some people can take that higher, even up to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight, and that's absolutely fine. It's very much a personal preference, but that necessary line is going to be about 0.7 grams per pound of body weight. So if you are someone that has not had experience tracking, that is something I recommend doing is just learning to recognize what weight of food and what visual of food equates to in terms of macronutrients and calories. And this isn't with the intent of saying that people should track their food forever, but it's a very important educational tool to be able to know that a piece of chicken breast this size or a bowl of Greek yogurt that's this size is going to equate to about this much protein. When you can do that, it helps you make more informed choices. So then you don't feel like you are exerting tons of extra energy in order to create a body composition shift. Instead, it's just using your knowledge to eat as normally as possible and still create the health and the change that you want. So this is the what to focus on. Now on the other side of this piece of this one is the timing of protein that you ingest. So some of us are not focusing on getting adequate protein and instead we're focusing on the timing of protein. I can't tell you how many times I've had someone ask me, you know, well, I need to make sure that I get my protein shake within half an hour of my workout and and this hyper fixation on the timing of getting a protein shake after a workout or, you know, at certain times of day really plays such a small role and creates really insignificant differences. The timing of protein is likely going to matter at only the most elite levels of athletes. And even then, it might not make a difference either. (laughs) The overall quantity throughout the day is what is going to matter more than the timing of when you eat it. So keep that in mind if you find yourself fixating on 
when to eat, that it's likely not going to matter as much as the amount that you're eating throughout the day, both protein-wise and calorie-wise. And I will bring back this uh, argument in regard to when to eat your calories. A lot of people say that night eating causes weight gain. And that in and of itself is entirely false. What causes weight gain is a caloric surplus. And if you were in a deficit, you can eat whenever you want throughout the day and base it on what feels best for you. So focus on getting enough protein and focus a little bit less on the timing of it. Make it fit your life and don't worry that it's going to impact your goals because it likely won't if you are getting enough. The next thing to focus on and what doesn't need your attention, focus on getting enough fruits and vegetables versus buying only fresh and organic fruits and vegetables. Here's something that I find to be really interesting. And again, this is very prevalent on social media right now is there is a lot of that fear mongering about pesticides and things that are sprayed on fruits and vegetables, which by the way, if fruits and vegetables are organic, they are still often sprayed with pesticides. They're just organic pesticides. But there is this fixation on buying only the freshest and organic and, you know, most fancy fruits and vegetables. When in reality, just as most people in America are not getting adequate protein in a day, most people in America are not consuming enough fruits and vegetables in a day. And so what is funny about this to me is that we are putting so much focus on exposure to these pesticides that we're actually not even being exposed to because we're not eating enough fruits and vegetables. And so I think it's a fascinating standard that we've set for ourselves that it has to be only a certain kind of fruits and vegetables when we're not even getting enough of them anyway. Now, I have a whole slew of opinions on organic versus non-organic, and that would be for a different episode. But what I would extend to you in regard to getting enough fruits and vegetables is to consider simply adding in a wide variety of types and a wide variety of preparations. So that's going to mean fresh fruits and vegetables, frozen, canned, cooked. There are benefits to each. And I think that frozen fruits and vegetables are often actually really underrated because what happens is they're picked at their peak ripeness and nutrient density and thus frozen and kept that way. And then they go straight to your freezer where they're kept frozen and that nutrient density is is more or less maintained, you know, maybe a slight bit lost. But when it's frozen, there's actually a lot more nutrient density than can be the case for some fresh fruits and vegetables. And so frozen berries has been my way to go, like getting raspberries frozen has been a great way for me to just get in some of those berries, some of that fiber, and not have to be hunting for fresh raspberries all the time. Now, something that is also interesting that when fruits and vegetables are prepared differently, their nutrients are often more bioavailable. So some nutrients in certain fruits and vegetables are more bioavailable when they are fresh, and some nutrients are actually more bioavailable when they are cooked. And so it's important, again, to emphasize the variety of preparations because there are going to be different benefits to each. Now, I don't share this to say, make sure you're doing the optimal way because as long as you are getting enough and a wide variety of how they're prepared, you will be okay. 
You don't need to worry about making sure that you cook your carrots or that you steam your broccoli. As long as you're getting that wide variety and enough of that wide variety cooked in a lot of different ways, you will be fine. Do not focus too much on getting the perfect fruits and vegetables because when we do this, as I have seen, we end up fixating to the point where we demonize a lot of fruits and vegetables and then we end up under consuming, which just defeats the purpose in my mind. So don't focus on getting the best kind. Focus on getting enough, a wide variety of fruits and vegetables prepared in different ways. The next thing to focus on and what doesn't need your attention is I recommend focusing on sleep hygiene and don't pay so much attention to supplements. Now I have a little asterisk here. The supplements like protein powder and creatine, I exclude. Protein powder is an amazing source to be able to quickly up your protein uh, because it's a convenient way to um, increase your protein consumed throughout the day. And creatine is another really, uh, one of the most studied supplements that, uh, touts a lot of benefits. So I exclude those two when I say don't focus so much on supplements. But the reason that I have this included is to focus on sleep hygiene and less on supplements is because assuming that you are paying attention to the things that I just listed, which would be getting adequate protein and getting enough fruits and vegetables. If you are paying attention to those two things and really emphasizing those two things, supplements will largely be a waste of money. Now, supplements you might be intrigued about or interested in taking for benefits that claim to support your immune system or to help manage stress levels or to optimize your energy levels or to have some influence on your mental and emotional state. And again, if you are getting enough protein and enough fruits and vegetables, then you will be benefiting in all of these ways without the supplements. Now, the supplement industry is unregulated, and so there is a lot of garbage, and there's a lot of marketing done. And so sometimes it can be hard to distinguish between what is necessary and what is actually helpful and the stuff that is just a marketing ploy to get you to spend money. And so I tend to err on the side of focus on your sleep hygiene, as well as the two things I mentioned above with fruits and vegetables and protein, and supplements will likely not be as necessary. Now, again, if you are getting the nutrients that you need and then you are getting the recovery and rest that you need, that's where you start to enter into the realm of of real optimal well-being because so many important processes happen during sleep. When I say sleep hygiene, what I typically mean is having the same bedtime and the same wake time within about an hour every single day of the week to have a very consistent schedule. Your body thrives, that circadian rhythm thrives when it is predictable and you have a predictable schedule. In order to help your body naturally produce melatonin to help yourself get sleepy, you want to limit screens a couple hours before bed, at least like close screen exposure, because that blue light typically will inhibit melatonin production and that's what can sometimes keep you awake. If you've kind of done like the nighttime scroll, how it seems like you just can't quite get tired enough, that can often be one of the contributing factors. Sun exposure in the morning is another part of sleep hygiene that can help regulate that clock, that body clock to say, oh, it's time to be awake. Thus, I'm going to release certain hormones over the course of this time release, and that will help me focus throughout the day, have more energy, and not think it's still time to be sleeping. So this is what I'm referring to when I mention sleep hygiene. 
And there can be things, some people struggle with, with insomnia and things like that. And I think there is a place for supplements. I, I have no doubt, but unfortunately people are focusing way more on it and completely neglecting some of these really basic and powerful principles. So before you get into the realm of what can I take to help me sleep, I recommend really covering your bases of this low level tier protein, fruits and vegetables, and really exquisite sleep hygiene. Okay. The next one to focus on and what doesn't need your attention for weight loss, focus on resistance training and don't focus so much on cardio. Do I hear gasps for everyone listening? <laughs> Here's the thing, another misconception that I think is is largely being debunked, but I want to emphasize here, cardio and sweating and running and getting your heart rate up doesn't lead to weight loss. I see a lot of TikToks like do this workout for fat burning and fat burning is different than fat loss because we burn fat all day. If we consume fat, we're burning it to be able to function, but that doesn't mean that we are accessing our fat stores. So if we are exercising and doing cardio, we are essentially just moving our body, strengthening our heart, no doubt about it. But if we are not in a caloric deficit, we will not be losing fat. We will not be losing weight. No matter what cardio you are doing, no matter how much cardio you are doing, if you are not in a caloric deficit, you will not lose weight. Now, there is another caveat to this, focusing on resistance training and not focusing on cardio. I still put a huge emphasis on steps and just moving throughout the day. Because what I tend to see is sometimes people will go and have a very intense cardiovascular workout and then be relatively sedentary for the remainder of their day. Now, sometimes, you know, we are busy and and it's just the nature of our lives, but I would always recommend focusing more on movement scattered throughout the day and overall steps with resistance training instead of just focusing on cardio. Now, as I mentioned earlier, resistance training will support muscle retention. Resistance training is good for bone strength and health Overall, it is so influential on longevity and quality of life that it is one of the number one things I recommend, especially for women, because I think many women are culturalized to believe that lifting heavy will make them heavy. I've spoken to that on the podcast before. That's not true. It won't do that. And the benefits are so, so valuable that it is just a massive oversight for someone to skip out on resistance training. Cardio does not boast the abundance of the same types of benefits the way that resistance training does. And I'm not knocking cardio necessarily, but if you are looking to lose weight, you do not need to do cardio. Did you know this? Steps and moving throughout the day, you are going to be burning calories in that way. Overall, what's going to determine your weight and whether it goes down or up is the calories that you are ingesting. In addition to this, another important piece, if you are in the market for weight loss or fat loss, when you have muscle on your body to maintain it, it requires more energy for muscle to exist. It requires a lot of calories. That's why people like, I think of those actors like Chris Hemsworth, for example, in Thor, 
when he got really, really big and muscular to play in those movies, he had to be eating a huge amount of calories every single day. And you look at him and you're like, well, he doesn't look like he has any body fat. And that is because to maintain muscle mass, you need energy, you need calories. And so when you have muscle on your body, your body is thereby burning more calories just to exist, just to be there. And so having muscle on your body and retaining it is handy when you're trying to lose fat because then you could eat a little more, but your body's still burning more in order if you are in a caloric deficit. The next thing and the last thing, and this is one that I have seen probably more than anything out of all of this, is what doesn't need your attention for weight loss is your hormones. I'm going to say that again. What does not need your attention for weight loss is your hormones. What actually needs your attention is your energy intake. If you were to track what you ate, how many calories every single day for a month, what trends would you notice? Too often, we think we have a good gauge of what we are consuming. And it's through no nobody's fault that we aren't as aware as we think we are. It's just our own bias that we have often that we think, oh yeah, I know how much I eat, but then why is the scale going up? Or I've been hardly eating, why is the scale going up? And again, this isn't to blame anybody or to shame anybody. It's just that sometimes we lose touch with how much we're eating. And so over the course of a month, for example, not just like muscling your way through three days, if it were a month long and you were to track everything you ate, every bite, including weekends, what types of trends would you notice? Because 99% of the time, someone that were to try this and track what they ate for a month would be very surprised and it would be very obvious as to why the scale was going up or why the scale wasn't changing for that matter. But what happens is people say, I'm eating so little, I'm not losing weight, it must be my hormones. Now we have many, many hormones that are that have jobs in our body that are doing a lot of different things. But this seems to be just the escape all that's been really trendy lately that, oh, it's just my hormones are out of whack is that phrase, which doesn't really mean anything out of whack. And they're using that as a way of essentially just negating responsibility for what it is that they're eating. Now, again, whatever you are eating, there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just important to acknowledge. And this is sometimes why we avoid looking at what we're eating because we are afraid of the ensuing self-criticism that we will extend to ourselves. And that's really painful to be mean to yourself about what you've eaten. And so sometimes it can be easier to just say, oh, it's my hormones that's out of my hands and thus I can't blame myself for it. So when you can be really deliberate about how you talk to yourself when it comes to your eating patterns, it can make change a lot more plausible and a lot more pleasant because we can avoid all of the unkindness that we might be otherwise inclined to say to ourselves. So rarely, rarely are hormones interfering with weight loss to the degree that we so too often give them credit for. And even saying rarely, I know someone's going to take that and say, oh no, but it is me and my hormones. I recommend doing this activity then. If you were to track what you did, what you ate every day for a month and bring that to a coach, if you wanted help with that, it would be a lot more obvious what you could do and changes you could make to move in the direction of your goals. So don't be so quick to blame hormones, to say it's your hormones, because rarely is that the case. 
rarely if ever. In fact, in all of the clients that I've coached, not once have we had an incidence of, oh yes, you know what, there are some hormones that need to be paid attention to here that are likely impacting, you know, your BMR or things like that. And thus we need to make some adjustments and have some, you know, medical intervention that is so rare. (laughs) So it's something to keep in mind that if you're inclined to go that direction, I want you to rein it in a little bit and focus on your energy intake. How much are you eating every single day over the course of time, every weekend, every evening? How much are you eating? And I don't say this to, again, bring up any type of shame, because if that's coming up for you, then that means there's some internal work that you need to do. There's some paying attention to that dialogue that it's required here. It doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. It's simply information. Oh, if I look at what I've eaten the last month, I can totally see with this data why the scale is going in this direction or why I'm not moving toward my goals. And then we are kind to ourselves. We can make an action plan instead of all of the shame blame game that we play with ourselves that can often be really painful when it comes to health and weight loss and fat loss. So my friends, those are the things that I would recommend to you what to focus on for weight loss and what really doesn't need your attention. And as you can tell, it's a lot of those basics, a lot of those simple things. It doesn't have to be as complicated as we want to make it. Getting enough protein, 0.7 grams about per pound of body weight or above if that's where you like to live. Focus on getting enough fruits and vegetables. Focus on sleep hygiene. Focus on resistance training and not so much on cardio. And focus on your energy intake and stop blaming your hormones. You've got this. You need. You have everything you need if you're just willing to pay attention to the data. Now, as I close out this episode, I just want to extend one more reminder to sign up for the training in September if you are interested, the self-care with an autoimmune condition. You can find out what you're doing well and you can celebrate and then you can find out where you're lacking and how exactly to support yourself in order to feel your best. So my friends, that link will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening today and I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.